last time you were on the podcast was COVID Zoom, I think. Maybe yeah. it wasn't COVID. I think we just had you on. Either it was like a, a phone Zoom, call though, or I Zoom. think. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that was a long time ago. It I was forgot a long about time that. Ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, it was a Zoom. I think it was before COVID. Okay. Something like that. So maybe it wasn't Zoom then. I don't know if I knew what Zoom yeah, was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have a horrible memory unless it's related to like a game. <laughs> yeah. Are you one of those athletes who, or coaches, I guess now, who um, you can remember, like go through point by point? I mean, I think my memory is accurate on it. But yes, I usually recall everything related to my team. And now I'm a little bit older and I don't sleep a lot. So I <laughs> like, I don't remember years things happened. I was at the beach with Geeter the other day and he brought up something and I was like, I cannot believe you remember that. Geeter's memory is incredible. It's amazing. It, it's awesome. And the way it's not that he just remembers it, yeah. but he wraps it in a story yeah. that you just have to listen to because he's Geeter. No, he, he was amazing. And it had to do with me. And I was like, oh my God, sure, sure. That was that year. You know? <laughs> so he's awesome. I miss him. I told him he should get into the NCAAs and do that. That would be so fun that to have him there. That would be really fun. So he knows a lot of these players from when they were younger. Like he knows yeah. their parents and um, he knows a lot of the coaches. So yeah. I think he would have a lot of um, good stories to tell. That would be a blast. Yeah. Especially, it's been fun to see the college game explode. I mean, you've it's had amazing. front row seats to it. You've been there since I mean, pretty much the ground up. Well, I was there the first year it became an NCAA sport was my first year at Florida State. So I didn't know anything previous. But yeah, just what even the NCAA has done with it, putting it on ESPN, the coverage, yeah. the way the tournament looks. I mean, it's super impressive. And uh, I, I can't believe it because... That was an experience that I got, like, after playing, you know, my first final was in front of a crowd like that. Yeah. And, like, that sort of venue. And uh, it's really hard to do. And then these young women are getting this in college. And then you can see on the world tour now, like, our top teams are in their 20s, which is not, hasn't been the case for the U.S. for a long right. time. And so those, hopefully those players will play for a long time. And it's fun to watch them and see what they can do because I can't even imagine being on the world tour at 21. Like I, my first world tour, I was 27. Yeah. And, and so. like playing, succeeding at 21. Yeah. They're not just traveling out there and, you know, punching their passports and, and coming home. Yeah. Like they're not tourists. They're winning. I know. <laughs> I know. It's cool. And it's like you, you could see those people in college have those like battles. And I think my first year I was like, oh, you know, I had just stopped playing and I was like, yeah, these players are good. And, you know, but you never know. And then I'd like train against my team. Like Jace Pardon was on my first team okay. and she's awesome. And I was like, man, this is really hard to put the ball away against this girl. And that was yeah. when I had just finished playing and, um, and then just seeing how they develop and the size of the athlete is really cool. Yeah. And just the, it's not even just the U S anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. you look across the whole world, you just watch an FIVB and it's like, well, Tina Gradino is at yeah. SC and then the McNamara's when they're playing there at UCLA, it's like, mm -hmm. we're now like the training system. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah. I know Stetson's had some really good players from like Canada and we had a girl from New Zealand that's now playing. She came to us her only Alice? year. Alice. I love Alice. Oh, she's the best. She came on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. Okay. Well, I'm going to yell at her next time she's on here because I told her to stay and play another year of college and she's like, no, I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> And move to Minnesota, and then look at her now. She's amazing, so She's it's fun it. to follow. Yeah, yeah. But her year at Florida State was the year COVID hit. So we okay. were like 13-1, and one and we had a really good team. And uh, 
then she decided not to come back for an additional year, but yeah. um, it worked out in her favor. So I'm, I'm happy, but it's fun to watch her. And then I have another player, Molly McBain, that is playing for Canada. She's now playing with Sarah. Yeah. 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 It's a big pickup. I know. And she took like almost a whole year off after college to finish her um, really? degree. Yeah. So I remember watching, uh, I think it was actually the COVID year when I came down and watched the tournament that you guys have, mm-hmm. like sort of Florida State's like season opening tournament. And Molly was playing with Elena Chacon. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is such a fun team to watch. You have these two itty bitty girls who just like fly and are super athletic and just ball control teams to death. Yeah. They were so good. She's so smooth. And She's so like- quiet. So quiet. So quiet. <laughs> yeah, but if you figure that out, but actually she's really funny. Like she would be the one on Halloween that would dress up, um, you know, at the morning lift and kind of she had moments where if you really like got to know her and, you know, I didn't have those moments until two years into her yeah. five years at FSU. <laughs> she was really quiet. But, um, yeah, it's really fun to see her because she is really good. And I'm glad people are seeing that how good she is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you saw it with Elena. It was, that was a fun. I think they were undefeated when the that season yeah. ended. Mm-hmm. You guys were cruising. Yeah, I, that was uh, it was kind of disappointing that it fell short. But, um, you know. I mean, life goes on. Yeah. And, yeah. We and learned it, a lot. And it has. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have done pretty well since. Yeah, we've, we've done well. Um, I'm proud of the things we've done, but it's super hard every year. Like, I think people look at the outside and they think it's easy, these right. programs that do well, but it's actually not at all. So um, I know we haven't won yet. That's kind of a sticking point that a lot of people talk about. That it's more every, you know, every championship's been from the West Coast, but yeah. I just feel like we're doing a lot of good things and it's bound to happen. And um, it's all, it's all I think about. It's all Nick thinks about. Yeah. So, but it's not what we like define ourselves with. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's so unfair to define yourselves by what is now a single elimination national yeah, championship. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. You have any team could get hot on any given, yeah. one team gets hot for a day and, and you're out. Mm-hmm. You know, or you could be the team that gets hot for a weekend. Yeah. It's um it's I think it's an unfair standard, especially for like basketball teams to mm-hmm. hold themselves by title counts. Mm-hmm. March Madness is just it's almost luck of the draw. Yeah. And, and I now... think when our draw gets bigger, it's gonna be like that. Yeah. Because oh, there's sure. so many good teams that didn't make the tournament and mm-hmm. you're like sitting there like wait wait until it's twenty four teams. You know, right. it's gonna be brutal at some of the spots and in I was the first round. At some of the first round draws of this past year. And mm-hmm. I was like, you could flip a coin. Yeah. And they're so good. Yeah. Any of those teams who could lose could also probably beat almost any team in the tournament. Yeah. What did you think about the single elimination? I mean, I think it's tough with the 16 teams. And yeah. just because I feel like that tournament is so fun and the atmosphere is awesome. And, you know, the year before we had this amazing run to the finals, and but we had only lost to USC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we lost them the first time and then lost them in the finals. But, um, we got to be there for a long time and just enjoy the experience. And this year I just felt like everybody was in a rush to get the tournament over with and in a championship experience, that's not really what you want, but, um, I think it's the first year doing it and it'll get better. And it was really exciting. And, you know, the first, the year before, when we got to the finals, we almost lost that single elimination round. We should have lost to Cal Poly. We should have lost. We were down 7-3 in the third set in the deciding game. Ooh. And we were down 12-7, and we somehow won. 12-7? 12-7. Man. Yeah. It was <laughs> crazy. And you could feel that, like, um, just the whole, like, game. There was, like, this Cal Poly was the underdog. They were, like, we had beaten them earlier in the year. And then our team was just, like, it was, like, that nervous, like, we shouldn't lose this game. Like, you could just feel it. Yeah. 
So I wish that wasn't like, you know, once you get into a tournament and you get momentum, like then people are truly playing like themselves. But um, it was really good to go through that because in the next year we were like, okay, we know what that feels like. Yeah. Wow. 12-7. Yeah. Good on. What team was that? Who came back? The threes. Yeah. The Uh threes. The threes get wild. The threes and fives are like really crazy. Yeah. Especially the fives because you get, it's like a smidgen lower level Mm -hmm. and teams can just go on these crazy runs. Well, and now I don't think is, I disagree on the lower level. Now I don't think it is. When I first started, you were like, that's a fives, Yeah, you know, and it was even just the ones and twos were separate or maybe just the ones. But now some of those, I think the top five schools, it's really hard. It's more, they're, they're scrappier and it's smaller, but yeah. like Devin Newberry's at a five. She plays Yeah, in the that's ADP. crazy. Devin and Jaden yeah. together at the fives. And they're, and what did they get? In the her, yeah. yeah, they took a seventh in yeah. her house. And they're so fun to watch. So, but they're smaller and scrappier. Yeah. So you won't have those like big, I don't think giants at the fives. But now, you know, with the transfer portal and all these indoor players playing, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. So I yeah. say that now and it's going to be different next year. Yeah. Yeah. In a perfect world, what's, What's your national championship format? I mean, I like the double limb. Yeah. I'm a double limb purist. Yeah. I get, because when we, we had Dane on it, and Dane was big push mm-hmm. for the single limb. And mm-hmm. I think as a TV viewer, I get that every match is really compelling. Yeah. Because there's something major on the line. Mm-hmm. Versus double limb, you do have that safety net, and you can come back. As a competition purist, mm-hmm. where I always want to see the best teams end up rising to the top, mm-hmm. I love double limb. Yeah. And so I'm always torn. Well, do you do you ever watch the Women's Softball World Series? No, but I've heard it's an incredible event. I love the way they do it. It's double limb okay. until the finals, and then it's like two out of three or something like really? that. Yeah. So you and they can change their pitchers and lineup where that would kind of be interesting is like, okay, you get to the finals, maybe you get a day off. And then you play a series and you can move up one down one. Yeah. I mean, that would kind of be exciting. It but would be exciting. I think it would be fun. And it would be more TV time. Like mm-hmm. I, after we're done, I actually was talking about this with Evan, the Hawaii coach. <laughs> after we're done with our national championship, we can't wait for softball World Series. It's yeah. really exciting. And it's, um, but it's single limb before you get to the final eight. So that's kind okay. of, and it's like regional. But How many teams make it? Do you know? Oh, good question. Um, they have like a regional and then a super regional and then the top eight. So I'm assuming there's four at each round. So maybe they have like a 64, 48. Okay. Yeah. I'm not good with math. Okay. Cause Kent, <laughs> uh, Kent Steffes loves the softball world series. It's the best. Loves it. he, he's like, that event is incredible. Yeah. You can have the same pitcher. Then the pitcher can go out and then come back in. Like it's just all a lot of. No, it's just the wild, wild west. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> I like that. It really is. So it's, and, uh, College Baseball World Series got huge numbers. All the college sports mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the board are getting massive TV numbers. I think yeah. the beach was up like 250% yeah. in viewership this year. Yeah, it was. It's cool to watch. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. <laughs> I've actually never watched. This is the first year I've watched anything back, so I don't really know. But okay. one of my players, my former players was a sideline reporter, so I watched her interviews because okay. I thought that was cool. But I actually... I hear it's like fun to watch and the way they do it is really good. And it I'll is. see like snippets of it. You know, you see highlights on whatever. But um, yeah, I had to watch her interviews. She's awesome. Yeah. Who's on the sideline? Madison Fitzpatrick. Do you remember okay. her? Okay. I do remember her. Mm-hmm. And she's now a sideline reporter? Yes. She's on the team. Her team was, I think, Nicole and Sam. Okay. And then she did the sideline stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And did she played she in the year you? before. No, she, uh, she interviewed Nick. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> Nick is such a fun interviewer. He'll never admit to it because he's like, no, I don't like doing interviews. He's the best. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's really funny. And uh, he's like not shy in front of a camera where I probably am the opposite. So <laughs> not funny and shy in front of the camera. So. <laughs> he's He's been great to have at USA practice. Yeah. It has been awesome having him here. Yeah. he's He's really such a good coach. Like when I hired him, Everyone was like, oh, man, you hired your husband. And I'm like, no, I hired the best coach. Like, he yeah. really is. And his resume speaks for itself, but he has a way of connecting with athletes. He's a great teacher, and it's all natural. Like, he's never – this is, like, his first year kind of doing it. So yeah. it's pretty cool. He Because uh, I'd never worked with Nick before, and then he came out here. And I, when you guys initially came out, I thought that we'd only have him for a day or two. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, celeb appearance, and then he's, <laughs> and then he's leaving. And he just the way he gives feedback, he would say something, like if I pass too low or something, he's like, I know you know it, but you pass too low. Here's how you can fix it. No, you know, I just it's my job. Coach, I feel like I have to say it. It's like, that's the greatest way to give feedback ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been great. I know, yeah, it's funny because he, uh, well, I coached him and Andy for a little bit, and okay. he was like, all over me, like about kind of coaching. <laughs> and I was like, just wait till you do this. Cause it was like right before. Yeah. And he really is. And he's good at like adapting to what other, everybody needs. And yeah, he's really direct, which I think that's what I've always wanted as a player. So yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you like it. He loves being out there. That's good. Yeah. We, what do we have to do to keep you guys out here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I filled in for two days. That thing when he, he went to Canada. Yeah. And I, it's weird. The women didn't practice. And so okay. I just worked with the men and I was unsure, but it was really fun, and they were awesome. And so I can see why he likes going out there. Yeah, yeah. you guys seem pretty set up in Tallahassee, though. Yes, we have a very amazing thing going, and we yeah. love it out there. But we do. I mean, it's fun to come out here for the summer and recruit. And mm-hmm. I'm from here, so I get to see my family and my brothers and sisters and cousins yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a great place to visit. Yes, it's, I just don't know how you afford to live here. It's well, we <laughs> we lucked out. So I feel like you have to luck out. Yeah, we lucked out big time because Stafford Slick lived in our apartment for mm-hmm. eight years, from 2012 to 2020. Yeah, and he was close with the landlord, and so when we moved in, the guy just kept it at Stafford's price, which mm-hmm. he never raised from 2012. Nice. So we have a two bed, two bath place like a block off the strand yeah. for 2012 rent prices, and we're like, we're wow. I hear a lot of that. Like you do have to have yeah, like a have almost like grandfathered in. Get lucky. Yeah. 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 But I don't know how like some of my friends do it. Yeah. You pack like six people in a two bed apartment. <laughs> yeah. We had it. We lived in El Segundo when we were here okay. and we had a good deal like that. Um, but it was a two bedroom apartment. And you know, now that you have a baby, I don't know if you yeah. have stairs at your apartment, but lugging strollers no and yeah. oh, that's a gift because yeah. I was like done with that. Yeah. We got another, we didn't even think about that, but. No stairs, which is a huge blessing. We have a parking spot, which is clutch. Yeah, yeah. We have a little yard for the gym. We, okay, don't ever leave. Don't really <laughs> yeah. So me and Delaney were like, this will be our last place in California before we head out permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good things about here, but there's a lot. Of, like Tallahassee is amazing and mm-hmm. the university is amazing. Football season is like something else. Oh, it's you know? bonkers. It's religion down uh, there. It is. And the weather is really nice and... Um, I mean, the summertime gets a little hot, so it's kind of nice to get away for a yeah. little bit. But um, but being that far north, it's not as hot as no, a, yeah, a, like a Tampa, a Miami, yeah. a Fort Lauderdale. No, not at all. Yeah, because I remember when I covered that tournament, mm-hmm. it was like forty degrees. Yeah, it's like man, Brooke. it gets cooler. I know, I know. It, <laughs> I it there's like January, February where it can get a little bit cold, but you know it always warms up. It's actually kind of like California. 
it's not humid anymore yeah. and um you know starts off cool in the mornings and then gets a little warmer so well, winter in florida is better than winter here yeah we had an awful winter here well an awful yeah. but direly needed yeah Very keep going because i this is all the recruits think that <laughs> yeah. this is the place to be <laughs> Well, clearly they can pick up some wins if they go to Tallahassee. That's what I'm saying. It's four years of your life. Yeah. You get to experience new culture, an amazing town that revolves around the university. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, we get out of school at the end of April and don't start till the end of August. That's a long time that you can time. do whatever you want. Place maybe peas. Place maybe peas, FIBB. Yeah. Train, wherever. So. And as far as AVP goes, I mean, we only have... We have a handful of events here, but mm-hmm. for the, there's a lot of events like up and down just yeah. all over the place. We're living in California. It's advantageous for training and stuff, but as yeah. far as travel goes, you could live in Florida and get it done pretty easy. And there's pockets of training now that are really good. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's a lot of people in St. Pete training. Yeah. Um, we we have a good group just with all the people that work with my program that are training You know where we are, but it's kind of like what we've kind of created just for to help them out. But um and then you were talking about all the tournaments you play. Like, if you know about these smaller tournaments, you can yeah. actually make like a side living. You can. That is very helpful if you want to play AVP. I was laughing with Try about it uh, when we had my buddy JD on the podcast who I played with in Hermosa. And we we're like, if you want to be professional, you play on the AVP and the World Tour. If you want to make some money, you go to Florida and play all these cash tournaments yeah. and just rake it. I know. It's insane. Because <laughs> Cody, Cody Caldwell. We played this tournament at, at Navarre, yeah. at Juana's, and him and Jake Dietrich won. They split five grand to win this random tournament. Yeah. And then the next day, me, Cody, Aurora Davis, and Caleb Queckle won a three grand for winning a co-ed fours. So Co- and then he did a clinic the day before, so he came away with like $5,000 to himself. For a and, weekend. Yeah, for a yeah. weekend. Yeah. Totally random. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to know about it. You just got to know about it. <laughs> and then don't tell too many people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know like Nick and Phil did a lot of those like Toyota tours and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and then after I had my first son, I played NVL because I was like, I'm not in shape yet to play AVPs and there mm-hmm. wasn't that many and they actually banned me, but that's a different story. Um <laughs> And then I was making more money than some of the people top four on the AVP. Mm-hmm. And I just got to get back in shape and it was a little bit easier for me. So Yeah. The yeah. NVL wasn't bad. I mean, if you were at the top of the NVL, yeah. you could awesome. do all right. Yeah. And it was all, for the most part, all Florida events too. So your travel was limited. Yeah. It was like in kind of a breeze till you got to the semis. And yeah. then it's like semis finals, you play a good team. So Who, Who'd you play with on the NVL? I played first with a girl named Jessica Stavinsky, who okay. was unbelievable. She lives in Texas. Okay. And she's a super good athlete. I forget where she played in college. Um, but I'm going to remember by the time we're done with this. And then I played with Kaya. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like. princess. Yeah. And then we started the season and then I actually got the job at Florida State. So I said, okay, I'll finish the season. But um, I felt bad for her because I was my first three months at FSU. It was my first head coaching and I just was like drinking from a fire hose and <laughs> I showed up to like this tournament. I forget where we went, but I brought my son and I was like, kind of like uh, dehydrated. We were playing and I was like, man, I can't breathe. I can't. I was like, I don't even know if I've drank water for the last three months. Like I was just fully into coaching. <laughs> yeah. So I felt bad for her that I didn't finish that super strong. But yeah. Well, yeah. did you have any coaching experience prior? I did. I coached indoor at UCSB okay. after I played there for four years. Okay. Yeah. So I think that helped because um, I had experience with compliance, and then I actually had a okay. club out here. Um, I did ran the beach club for Long Beach Mizuno for Joy okay. and Matt Furbringer. Got it. So I had yeah. 
But college, kind of... college is such a different beast. All the administrative yeah. stops and hoops you have to jump through. Yeah. So you learn fast. Yeah. And I had a great uh, administrator that helped me. She's not there anymore, but she played basketball at FSU, so she knew kind of everything. Mm-hmm. And then Hector Gutierrez was my first assistant. That's a good assistant. And our volunteer was Tracy Weimer. And okay. we had just so much fun. Like, I never laughed so hard. Um and it was just like, you know, I'd come into a team that just had some different issues and needed to just have fun and enjoy volleyball. And mm-hmm. we ended up doing really well. So that was kind of a good start to everything. And Hector's, uh, he's built a pretty good program over there yeah, at TCU. Yeah, he's done a great job. Yeah. I know. It, I was bummed to lose him because I think we played our first year and then it was like August maybe that he was like, oh, I'm going to apply for TCU. And I was, you know, obviously you want assistants not going to be an assistant forever. Right. But we did have a lot of fun, and um, and so that was kind of a bummer. The girls loved him too, but he's done an amazing job at TCU, and is now we're competing against each other all the time, and mm-hmm. um, so that's like you know kind of fun because we know each other and we love to compete against each other. So yeah, and yeah. it's good because yeah, I mean I feel like kind of the, the rising tide lifts all boats type thing where you guys were just the giant in that conference for so long, and now you have some pretty good competition. LSU came on up, yeah. TCU came on up. Yeah. And it's bringing, like, the East is getting pretty strong. Yeah, for sure, which helps us, I think, overall. I mean. We're going to take a quick break from the show, not just any break. This is the Waiakea Water Break. Now, Waiakea has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So they're not just keeping us hydrated. They're helping out the environment, too. And try, that's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order. You can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waikia.com. This podcast is also brought to you by AG1. That's right. It is the absolute best nutritional supplement on, on the planet. No question about it. Try and I, we push our immune systems to the absolute limit. Try's traveling all over the place. I have a newborn, so I'm not sleeping. And yet, we're both always healthy. And that's honestly because we start our days with AG1 every single day. It's the first thing I do. I make my morning coffee. I put a scoop of AG1 right into a little mixture, throw some creatine in there as well. Drink that first thing in the morning and my immune system is off the charts. I've been healthy ever since we started using this, which is about two years that we've been sponsored by AG1. I started drinking it because I knew when I was on the road, I needed to get my veggies in. AG1 is the absolute perfect supplement for that. It is a daily habit. I drink it literally every single day. Try does too. We've got a little travel package that we bring on the road with us. It is the 
number one supplement for nutrition. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. And that's exactly what we do. It has 75 high-quality ingredients that give me the key daily nutrition and support energy, focus, strength, clarity, you name it. I write with it. I podcast with it. I commentate with a lot more clarity because of it. And yes, I stay healthy on the court because of it. Now, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash sandcast. I'll say that one more time. That is drinkag1.com slash sandcast to get your deal today. So check it out. It's honestly the best supplement I've ever tried, and I've tried an awful lot. AG1 is the only way to go. This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball, the greatest volleyball on the planet. There's no doubt about it. I know there's a, a couple different manufacturers out there, but Wilson is number one. The NCAA uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. The AVP uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. We love it here in the United States. We love it on the AVP tour, and we're seeing it infiltrate a bunch of domestic tours all over the world. You know why? Because Wilson makes the absolute best ball in the world. It's great. It's weatherproof. you got the optics spin technology, so you can be passing jump serves as well as Try does. It's an idea, but I don't pass jump serves as well as Try does. He's been winning tournaments because he's been training with Wilson's, and it's time to get your restock middle of the summer. Summer's just getting started here in the U.S., and so the beaches are going to be open. There's volleyball to be played, and it is to be played with a Wilson volleyball. So put in an order using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's SANDCAST-20. That'll get you 20% off all Wilson orders. That's huge. So get your volleyballs, get your ball carts, get your ball bags, get all of your Wilson equipment today using SANDCAST-20 at Wilson Volleyball. We got third this year. TCU got third. We tied for third, and then USC-UCLA, but like we beat UCLA in the um, during the year. The year before, we beat them in the semis, and then TCU had some really amazing wins. I mean, I think they didn't really lose uh, – Maybe they lost like once or twice all year. So, mm. yeah. And then LSU is always good. I don't know how he does it, but <laughs> I don't either. It, it's you so think, crazy oh man, they're going to lose Russ. a couple players. I talk to Russ every year. I'm like Russ, who do you have coming up? He said, Well, we got this girl indoor from Missouri. We got this girl's coming over from this place, and you know, I think we'll be a top five program again. Yeah. I'm like, are you sure? And then they just keep winning. I know. I never, I never <laughs> count them out of anything. Everybody's like, oh, they lost people. I'm like, no, they didn't. Yeah. Just wait. Their player development is really strong. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job there and their facilities. I mean, so they're very competitive all the time against mm-hmm. us. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's going to help. Eventually there's going to be an East Coast team that wins. Hopefully it's us yeah. first. I mean, you guys, you've been knocking on the door. Eventually that thing's going to open. I mean, you think, right? The more times you get there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the better chance you have. But, yeah, I mean, it is. there's one winner at the end. And so there's a lot of people that are disappointed. Yeah. But I, I just feel like it's more about that than winning. But that is a goal for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you get there, you're, I was looking at your coaching records. Your, like, lowest winning percentage is, like, Maybe it was this last year. or something. That's crazy. Yeah, we lost a lot last. Well, actually, the year before we had the most losses, but I don't really look at that to be honest until somebody says it to me. Yeah. So I don't really care. But. Um, well, I don't it's know, good. Maybe some. If you want to look at it, you'll be. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like uh, one year. 
actually it was my first year, I think we were like seated one going in and we had one loss and we beat USC that year. That was like, that was our first loss in like three years or something. And there was so much pressure. So I just yeah. rather be an underdog. Yeah. Like I don't ever feel pressure, but I could tell when the girls feel pressure. And yeah. so, um, cause I just think it's all like just an opportunity to, to see what you got, you know, mm-hmm. cause if you don't have it all and you don't have all the parts, then you're not going to win. Yeah. And then, you know, what you need to work on. So, um, yeah, it's all fun for me. I feel like being, just being in the East, you'll have that underdog chip yeah. to play as long as USC and UCLA just keep reloading the system. I couldn't believe that USC was as good as they were this year. Yeah, everybody counted them out. I never counted them out either, but... <laughs> yeah, it's super... Like, I didn't count them out. I was like, there's... They can't. Yeah. There's no way that they could be better than UCLA this year. And then yeah. how do you know? And they got... <laughs> momen- it's all about momentum at the end, yeah. you know? Like, when you can strike hot, when you can put the pieces together, you know? So, um, yeah. It's just going to be competitive for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a coach, how do you, like, taper your season to get that momentum going at the end? Because you, it's such a weird... It's a, such a condensed sprint of a season where you're competing in late February and then the championships are... I mean, the conference championships are end of April. Nationals are at beginning of May. Yeah. And you got to keep the girls healthy. That's yeah. a lot of playing, a lot of driving, traveling. Mm-hmm. How do you try to sustain that and peak at the right time? Well, if you <laughs> I know, know my that's secrets, a no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've always looked at it like I feel like we're talented enough to get by, not get by, but um, like we want to peak the last two weeks, which is hard to peak for two weeks. Right. But really, it's the last week. Um, and we want to perform well at conference to have momentum going to NCAAs. But um, we kind of train with our lifting and conditioning and practices that that's what we're gearing towards. So we feel like at the beginning of the year tournaments, like we can still really compete with anybody if we're sore and tired. And, you know, obviously we want to be healthy within there. So we um, we use a lot of technology. I, don't you wear a whoop? Do you still to. wear it? Oh, you don't wear it I anymore? I worked for like four years, and then one day I was playing a KOB, and I remember Lev Prima hit this bomb, oh. and it like caught it at the perfect spot where it would clip on, and it snapped the clips. I was like, oh, no. I think I'm, I've got the information. Yeah. Like for After four years, I, I understood what variables yeah. were super important either to not do, yeah. like drink and eat added sugar, mm-hmm. and then what variables to make sure I did do. My biggest correlation to a positive recovery was magnesium and blue light blocking Interesting. glasses. Nice. And so now I both of them, yeah. I use it every day. Well, now you have a baby, you just don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny, though, because Austin... Delaney's been breastfeeding, and so when he cries, he's not crying for me. Yeah. He's not like, Dad, I need you. Like, yeah. He cries for Mom. So now my brain just, like, shut it off. Oh, I don't even hear him. Wow. I sleep straight through the night every wow. night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we still use the whoop. And then, but I think it's good when they're in school and stuff because mm-hmm. you can definitely correlates with stress. And then we use these things called Kinexon. Okay. Um, I think, is that what the AVP? I think they used? use it for a little okay. bit. Yeah. But for us, we they wear all practice and competition. So it's okay. kind of nice. Like I think the AVP just used it if you were on center court. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we do some like force plate testing and things like that. So Super it's a really cool. good indicator if players are going to get injured mm-hmm. or sick. So we try to look at their data and, um, I don't really understand a lot of it, but I just get a report each day. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. What do, uh, what does Connexon measure? Do you know? So it measures your load. Okay. Um, so what we started doing this year, which is kind of cool, is with our strength coach, um, 
like what days we need to have a heavy load. So like just from my experience playing, like you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Monday you lift or you don't practice or you just have a really light day. But really compared to what we were doing with Kinexon, it was like, okay, this day needs to be heavy. This day mm-hmm. needs to be medium and light and whatever. So we can kind of dictate there okay. to get us ready for the next weekend. Okay. So that's kind of helpful. It's cool to have like it, all this technology is so cool. Yeah. And I would nerd out with that whoop so much. Yeah. I love it. You can it. go down a rabbit hole. You really can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hide the players' uh, recoveries during game day. I think that's super smart. Well, they found a way to... So like oh, you can't really hide around. it. And I was like, just don't look. But yeah, yeah, because, you know, you don't want to if it's championship Sunday and you're in the red, like it doesn't matter. You're yeah. going and playing. Do so. you ever mess with them? Be like, oh, you're all green. No, because they can see it like I no think, matter if we yeah. hide it. But um, no. And they my first couple of years, like we had some actually. Uh, well, I don't know if she wants me to say her name, but she's currently playing on the AVP. But she's okay. super high stress with school like a biology major, you know, 3.9 GPA, and she was just always in the red. And we used to sit her out of practice. We were like, oh, my gosh, we don't want you I to get hurt. I remember you telling me this when yeah. she was at FSU. and she was like, ah, getting so frustrated, and then it'd be worse. <laughs> and then it was just like as soon as finals were over, in the green, in the green, in the green. Yeah. So we just adjust differently now instead of just being like, okay, stop everything if you're, you know, in the yeah. red for a few days. So it's just a guide and to get to know yourself a little bit better is kind of cool. So. Yeah. It was super interesting to see like what things helped and what hurt. And now I don't have more than two drinks ever yeah. because of that whoop. I'm pretty convinced that if everyone in the country wore whoop for like two years, mm-hmm. the amount of alcohol consumption would drop by like 75%. Yeah, that was killer. Would see, I mean, it just kills you. Yeah. And added sugar too. Like yeah. I knew these things were bad, but I didn't know that they were that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think those are like the biggest ones. Um, and then the sleep. Yeah. Like if they're not getting enough sleep, you know, whether they're staying up for a whole bunch of reasons, but yeah, yeah. The sleep thing that, that was something that I needed to like stop looking at. Cause it, it would give you like your yearly wrap up. My average sleep every year is like six hours and 15 minutes. Oh really? And I was like, oh, I'm a bad sleeper. Oh no. So is Nick. Yeah. And I don't I know how to get him. around it. Cause I've tried all the sleep things Yeah. and I just, I wake up at six, no matter when I go to sleep. Uh, and it's a killer. Yeah. And I drink, <laughs> I drink so much water that I always have to get up. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, this is just kind of life. I'm just yeah. I'm like a great it. sleeper. Like, so even if it's six hours, I'm like hundred percent off okay. the charts. If it's two hours. Like I just am dead to the world. And then when I have to so wake up, I go. quality sleep. Yeah. Where Nick's the opposite. Like he could sleep for 10 hours and it'd be worse, you know, okay. like just it's terrible. So like he'll get one minute of REM. I'm like, I, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> I don't know what that's like, but especially when he was competing, you know, there's so much stress when you're competing. So that's the fun thing about coaching is like, I don't know, like it's less on your body. Yeah. And so there's still like different stress, but Mm. you don't have to have that stress of like preparing yourself, getting, you know, if I don't get a lot of sleep, I'm just like, well, I'm just coaching, you know? So it's kind of, it's when you're retired, it's more fun to coach. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. stressful watching though. Yeah. I think if you're not, like in the training, it's stressful, like the parents and the yeah. fans. But like when you know if your team's prepared, it's not that stressful. Yeah. yeah. That's the way um, Scott Davenport was talking about it. He's like, it's kind of nice to have no control yeah. over what's happening. Although I guess college coaches, you can actually talk to him a little bit. A little bit. It should be more. It's time to introduce you guys to a new sponsor of the show, Gooder Sunglasses. And these shades are $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, and are 100% polarized. Now, I'm rocking a ginger soul. They are hysterically all black, which <laughs> it's just a funny name. They have so many funny names 
for their shades. When you go on their website and you just scroll through it, you're going to find yourself laughing out loud. They got a ginger soul, the $9 pour over, donkey goggles. They have some hysterical names. And there's just a fun, it's a fun company. The glasses are lightweight. They're perfect. Try and I are super particular about the, the types of sunglasses we wear. We, we've ranged everywhere from all the brand names you've heard. And now we're with Gooder and, and we honestly love them. You know, anytime we try out a new pair of sunglasses, the standards are very high where it, it has to be lightweight. They have to be flexible. They have to look good. They have to block out the sun and Gooder checks all of those boxes. They look good. They're fun. They're affordable, 100% polarized, super lightweight, super stylish, and they don't slip off your face. So if any of those things sound like something that you want, well, Gooder is the one for you. And if you want to support the show and support Gooder and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving our podcast listeners free shipping on your first order. That's right. You're getting free shipping from Gooder. So you can go to gooder.com slash sandcast. All right. That's gooder.com slash sandcast to get free shipping. And make sure that when you type in the code, you type in sandcast. That's all caps. So the code is sandcast with all caps. Okay, so Gooder offers also a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. We like all of those things. So find your pair at Gooder.com slash Sandcast to get free shipping today. So just go out. $25. Best pair of shades you will get for $25, hands down. Try and I are fired up to tell you that this podcast is also brought to you by Ice Barrel, the official cold therapy partner of the CrossFit Games, now the official cold therapy partner of Sandcast. Now, I know the benefits of cold therapy better than most people because I've been doing cold therapy every single morning for at least a year. I used to do cold showers and I used to do ocean. Now, I just pop right into an ice barrel. It is super affordable. You will get 100% satisfaction. That is a guarantee. And actually, they guarantee it so much because there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, there's a lot of key benefits to cold therapy. Better recovery and performance, I can promise you that. Throughout a long season, Try and I are both going to end up playing almost two dozen tournaments each this year. And the only way that we can stay recovered is by doing cold water therapy all the time. It improves your mood. Every time I get out of the cold water, I am in a way better mood. Now, granted, is it hard to get in? Sure. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Both psychologically, physiologically, it helps alleviate depression and anxiety. It activates the nervous system. There's pain relief and management. It reduces inflammation to just about zero. It reduces stress, improves, improves your heart rate variability. You name it, it does it. It helps me just reset after a workout or just get me started for the day to write, to commentate, to train, to lift, to podcast, to do all of these things. Now, it's essential to athletic athletic recovery, but if you're not a professional athlete like Triborn is and like I am, it's going to help you recover just throughout the day. There are so many benefits. There's profound effects on mood, brain health, nervous system. It just triggers your whole nervous system response, it activates immune, cardiovascular, endocrine systems. This response then helps improve hormone production, sleep, metabolism, circulation, lower stress. Whatever you want to improve, cold water therapy is going to do it. And the ice barrel has a natural upright position for full body immersion. Even a giant like Triborn, who's six foot five, 205 pounds of athletic machinery, he can get in it super easy. 
doesn't take up a lot of space while still comfortably holding up to 105 gallons. So it's suitable for anybody up to six foot six and beyond. All right. It's also incredibly durable. It can withstand the outdoor elements. It's lightweight. It's functional. It's portable. It's easy to drain and fill. It's made in the USA. Whatever you want. Ice Barrel's got it. And if you're looking for a better way to reset your body and mind, begin your cold therapy journey, try Ice Barrel and get $150 off. All right, that's a big number, $150 off. So go to icebarrel.com slash sandcast. All right, that's icebarrel.com slash sandcast for $150 off your order. Get colder, feel better. I guarantee you it is going to be one of the best additions to your morning routine, to your evening routine, to your post-workout routine, pre-workout, whatever you want to do, I guarantee you it is going to be absolutely the best thing you can do. So get your ice barrel today. Let us know what you think. I'm fired up for us partnering with Ice Barrel. I'm fired up for you for getting your your own ice barrel. What so what are the rules with that? Well everyone breaks the rules, first of all. Okay. Let me just tell you. I myself included. Yeah. I have broken the rules on the talking because it's hard not to like you're supposed to be able to cheer, but you can't say certain cheers. So if you say like nice serve, they consider that coaching. But how hard it's hard to not say nice serve. Right. Like great serve, you know, because you want to be positive. But yeah. um you can only talk in the timeouts and side switches. Okay. And then you can like clap for good play, but sometimes you find yourself being like, Oh my gosh, do it again or whatever. And and so it depends on the reps you have. Yeah, it's coaching. So um but yeah, it's weird because tennis, it's evolved from tennis and tennis coaches can talk during the whole time. Okay. So I don't know, you know, why it's so like that with beach where yeah. you can't say anything, but also I wouldn't want it to be like, oh, serve this zone, you know? Right. I think that's a little too much. So yeah. I, I think the rules are good where they're at, but I, I know a lot of people, it's hard to contain yourself. <laughs> right. And I feel like most of the coaches, like you, you guys know each other well enough where if you say, oh, nice serve, and the ref tries to tell you something that, like, Todd Rogers would be like, she's not coaching her kids. Yes, yeah, but I think it can get, like, you know, everybody wears their stress in different ways. Right. So, like, if it's a stressful situation, you can't control it, but you're frustrated, I'm sure I can yell at another coach and be like, stop coaching, you know? (laughs) But it's really just me getting it out and not... (laughs) So I I wonder why it is like that, especially... Beach volleyball is so weird with the coaching rules. Yeah, I don't. For get international, it. you can't do anything. Yeah, and then you go to the AVP, and now you can say anything you want at any point. I got yelled at at the AVP. Really? I was coaching the Hermosa. I thought so too, but you can't say anything during the rally. Okay, you can't do it. Okay, during the rally. But I that didn't know sense. that that was. Um, what did I say? Tony Chan yelled at me on center court. I forget what I said. Were you coaching Molly and Maddie? I was coaching, um, no, uh, Savvy and uh, Megan Rice. Okay. And I said something. Great job, by the way. Oh, it was so fun. The old shotgun marriage team right there. Yeah, that was really (laughs) fun. I know. Uh, That was just like a magical weekend. And I didn't know Megan's story until after she like posted something on Instagram. Like she never made a main draw. Yeah. That's insane. Not even a tour series. I mean, she was so calm the whole time. Virginia, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she had just missed in the qualifier in a tour series in Denver. Yeah. And then comes out and takes second. Yeah. In like one of the best tournaments you can make the finals. In. I know. It's <laughs> insane. So she was awesome. They were so fun to coach because I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't worked with either of them and they play at, you know, schools that I'm not coaching at. Right. But um, Savvy was just great energy, um, really fun. They're both really smart. And mm-hmm. I feel like I told somebody this 
on the weekend, I was like, I'm almost like Dumbo's feather. Like they think they need me, but they are really doing it all themselves. And it's just like little reminders here, there. And they just, unbelievable. Like, and they really had a hard draw. Um, They played Larissa and Lily first round. Yeah. And smoked them. Yeah. And to not, we had one hour practice where I think most of it was (laughs) chatting and trying to get to know each other versus like reps. And so to do that was really fun to be a part of, and I really wanted them to win. But Sarah and Corinne played unbelievable, and they deserved it too. Like yeah. I know they had been knocking on the door for a while, so that was fun. I was happy for Sarah and Corinne because they had had results-wise an awful year oh. at that point. I mean, they had, yeah, they haven't they internationally lost in every too. international qualifier mm-hmm. they played in. Yeah, and I was like, man, I wonder, like. If they're thinking about splitting up and then bam, you win Hermosa. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good job. It's the power That's of doing one do. more tournament. Yeah. I, I like them because uh, Sarah's from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of fun to see. Um, like maybe like six, maybe like seven years ago, she was coaching for this club, Beach South. And the director of it, his name is Scott, called me. He's like, You want to play a couple turns with her? And I was like, I'm retired yeah. I, I would like make her worse you know and he's he was just trying like I know she was trying to just get people to get experience and to see her like she's I don't know her super well but she seems like a really hard worker and it's oh, really fun yeah. to see people like that win and they're know? like such awesome people yeah yeah and and Corinne, it's so funny because everyone kept talking about like oh Corinne the California native like the AVP was sending out press releases with oh Corinne Quiggle California native I'm like she went to high school in Florida Oh, she did. Like she grew up there all through high school and then wow. came out here when she went to Pepperdine. Oh, my gosh. No way. I was like, let's relax I think she Beach. was recruited before I was the coach there. <laughs> I think Nick and I were having this conversation because I was like, how did she not go to FSU? Because um, sort of like, so I'm from California, but now I'm trying to recruit kids to an East Coast school. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, everybody has this debate because I remember with Nick and Phil, like, oh, is the East Coast better than right. the West Coast? <laughs> well, all the East Coast kids are going to the West Coast. Right. So why don't you stay in the East and see, you know, really see who's better? Mm-hmm. But I know it adds to a lot of parity in the sport and people love different training, but it's kind of funny to me because um, when I grew up, it was like, oh, West Coast is better. Yeah. And, you know, East Coast people kind of stay in the East Coast and every now and then somebody would move out and like a Nick and Phil and do really well. But yeah. It wasn't that often, but now it's happening all the time. So yeah, I wonder. It's, kind of cool. it's always funny to see like who who claims Phil and Nick. Yeah, like where they because they did once they moved to California. That's when I mean they just hit that huge rise. Yeah, but they started in Florida and at A Rob's condo mm-hmm. in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, he has to take credit. A Rob, hundred percent. Yeah, A Rob is the USA volleyball pipeline. Yeah, when you look well, at now he's kind of back and forth there. too. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Him, Matt Heath, Nick, and Phil would train like every day. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to know. Like they just would go out at night, like work side jobs, and then train, and then drive to tournaments. Yeah, like it's crazy. Like sleep on air mattresses on the beach. <laughs> they have some. You should get Nick and Phil on here together, and Adam. Like that would be an oh amazing. Oh my gosh! Because they have we so many stories, and it's like they never repeat a story. I've never heard the same story twice. And and the, like their chemistry together. Yeah. It's incredible. They'll yeah. all be out here from Manhattan. We might have to make that happen. Oh, you should. And then throw in like a Jason Lockett and you'll never yes. want to leave the studio. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'll be like a six hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like break it up into segments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they, I mean, it was crazy. Like they just played all the time. And then, and then I would give the next credit to Todd Rogers because Nick and Phil moved out. And that's where I met them is Santa Barbara. We all trained with Todd. And so Todd did these like gnarly workouts. He yeah. was so welcoming to help other people and so when I played at Santa Barbara he coached the men's team 
And then Todd when, did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Uh-uh. Yeah, he was the assistant for a long time. Okay. And and did really well. Like, and then he was also playing on the AVP. So okay. And then when I finished playing there, I was coaching there, and I just asked if I could train with them because mm-hmm. um, there's nobody, no women up there really training. And yeah. he said yes. And then it was me and Todd, Nick, and Phil doing track workouts and beach sand workouts that are it's a gnarly. Good group. Yeah, I think he still does them with his Cal Poly team. They were so hard. Like Phil would throw up every year. <laughs> Like the first workout, Phil would throw up. It was really hard. <laughs> Nick was like trained in soccer, so he would just like lap us and laugh. We were. It was just really hard. But you can see how successful Todd was because he put yeah. himself through that by himself. Like every day, he would do something crazy. Um, what kinds of stuff were you doing? So we'd start with our trainer was this guy named Sandy Combs. It was like this amazing track athlete. Yeah. Um, so we would start with like four hundreds. Um, so we'd have to get him in a certain time yeah. and have a certain amount of rest. But running a 400, like basically sprinting it, yeah. <laughs> is hard. The 400 and the 800 are so tough. Yeah. The 800 especially because the 400 you can go and you can just collapse. But the yeah. 800, you get another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. And I don't think I – like I would never run that race. I think people are insane that run that race. Yeah. But we would start with that. So we do like six to eight 400s. And then we do – it was all at Santa Barbara City College. And we do – have you ever seen the bleachers there? Mm-mm. like the stadium, it's really steep and it kind of goes higher as you go up. So we'd okay. have to jump up the stairs. We'd do bounds. Like it was this whole thing and um, medicine ball stuff. So we would start with that. And then as we'd get closer to season, we'd do these beach workouts that okay. were like dragging weights and sprinting and doing sprints with weight vests, doing cleans on the beach, like all the stuff that, Man. yeah, it got us into really good shape. And yeah. uh, and then Phil did it for a really long time by himself after even he stopped playing with Todd. So it's just like crazy because people don't know the amount of discipline that Nick, Phil, and Todd have to be yeah. as good as they are. So Especially because like when you're around them, they're just like joking around yeah. a lot. Obviously, they're, yeah. Nick is like a top five most competitive person I know. Very competitive. <laughs> but you, you like see them in the player's tent and they're just like goofing off, laughing, and then you put them on the court and bam, they're back to being killers. Yeah. And like you're just like, oh, it's natural for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people say that about Phil especially. And it's it's not. He's like worked super hard. Yeah. I mean, now it's probably to the point where it's, you know, natural, but he's also not playing 20 tournaments a year. Right. You know? So anyways, so, I'm sharing all this about Nick and Phil. They're probably going to be mad at me. No, I love it. <laughs> is, uh, wait, is that how you met Nick then? Yeah. we And then we worked out after we were training with Todd. Then we worked out at this gym called P3 in Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, P3 is getting huge. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're super smart. They let us work out with all these amazing professional athletes. Like we didn't make any money and they like took a percentage of our prize money. Um, but they're really smart. Everything's from a scientific background. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had a shoulder surgery like in 2008 and, uh, I was like, oh man, I'll never be able to do some of these things again. Like I just was kind of burnt out from all the hard training and, uh, they got me like stronger than ever and jumping higher. And it was like with Todd, Nick and Phil, and then Marcus Elliott at P3, it was kind of before, like a lot of people did like all these band workouts and, you know, their workout was playing. And so it was kind of cool to see the strength and conditioning. Stein worked out there for a while, um, Jake, Rosie. And so we were all like, kind of like got buy-in to like lifting heavy weights. Mm-hmm. And so it really helped, like, I think, change a lot of our careers in terms of being at better athletes. So yeah. that's pretty cool. He's uh, P3 is huge in the NBA now. Yeah. Every time I read a story about like a good in-depth feature on an NBA player, mm-hmm. 
Marcus Elliott is interviewed in every one of them. Yeah. And he was big. Have you, are you a reader? I am a reader. Have you read The Comfort Crisis? No. So he is, there's like probably the first maybe 25% of the book Marcus Elliott is in. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're talking about P3. And I guess he does something called, I think it's called a misogi. Okay. Which is where you do something really hard. Yeah. They would do it when we were there. They would um, like stand up paddle to Catalina yeah, was one of the things. Like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the examples was him and a buddy just dropped a, a huge boulder at the bottom of the ocean. And over the course of three hours, they had to dive down, pick it up, run across the bottom of the sand as long as they could, drop it, come back up, and then their buddy would dive down and they just wanted to see how far they could move the boulder. That's crazy. <laughs> That yeah. was their misogi. Yeah. I mean, we when we were there, we worked out with a lot of baseball players before, like, all the basketball guys came mm-hmm. in, um, and they would just all do, like, kind of stuff like that, the trainers, and it was pretty cool. I mean, and they did all this stuff with, like, mental, um, like, you had to sit in this machine, and it put you put this thing on your head, and you had to basically control this video game with your mind. It's and, wild. like, the first time you do it, you're like, my car is not moving. Like, what? <laughs> You know, but it was like trying to just do stuff in this relaxed state and yeah. um, and then you could get treatment there. Like, and it was just the best trainers and the best environment because it was all these people bouncing ideas off each other. And he used force plates and technology. I think he was one of the first people to do that. So okay, it was really cool. It has formed a huge base for what Nick and I have tried to do at Florida State. So it's awesome. kind of fun. Yeah. And yeah. We, we've been trying to get... Uh, Marcus on the podcast. I think it's hard to pin down off season one. Yeah, because he, he was funny because he responded immediately. Yeah, because uh, Katie Spieler goes to P three. Yep, and so she put us in a group chat, and he responded immediately. He's like, "Yeah, I get back from Atlanta. Let's do it next week." And then we this was like four months ago. Yeah, and so we've been going kind of back and forth for a while. Yeah, It'd he's like a brilliant. There. You know, like just geniuses are just hard to pin down. Yeah, that's Marcus because he's got. I feel like so many things going on in his head. And so many different directions and ideas. So uh, I can see that for sure. But it would be a really good interview. But you have to like almost prepare yourself for it because he's so smart. Yeah. That I would be intimidated that I wouldn't know what he was saying. But <laughs> I see, I love guys like that because they're so interesting. Yeah, he's they really just, interesting. I love talking to people who are the masters at their crafts, mm-hmm. especially when their crafts are a little offbeat. Like the way he trains is so different from what you would see a lot of people doing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't experienced it, but everything that I've read, it just seems like you should really go up there, do a workout, guy. bring your microphone. I, I know that's. I think that's stay the plan. for a week. Yeah. yeah, just hang out with Katie for yeah. a week. <laughs> Tell her babysit. You know, exactly. do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, probably the best way to pin him down. But yeah, yeah. Santa Barbara was a thriving scene back then, though. At least for the guys, it seems like. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of good women, and actually, I would say when I first started playing, I think it was a benefit to have like we trained against guys mm-hmm. up there, and. uh like just to not have anybody play against you, yeah. you know, and then you go down and play in tournaments and it's like people can't really get a read on you. And so you'd mm-hmm. have a little bit of success and then go back and train with your people and then come back yeah. down. And, and then I, I liked being out of this area because it, it just like gave me a lot of anxiety. Like you can play, you can play the comparison game or, right. you know, you can't go for a walk. You see a hundred people training. You're like, oh man, I should be training, right. you know? So or there's also a scene down here that maybe isn't so healthy for your um, <laughs> beach volleyball career. So I liked being out of it. Uh, so that was kind of fun. And then there was a really good group of yeah. serious players that um, that trained up there. So it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. I feel Where, like it's coming back. Santa Barbara? Yeah. Because I know uh, 
Will Rotman's up there and the Cervantes brothers. Yeah. Guys. And there's some young college kids. We have a kid from uh, kind of up there, a little bit more north, like an hour north. But um, this girl, Portia Sherman, who plays at Cal, she's a really good player. Talked to Katie Kate, a lot about her. Yeah, yeah. Katie's up there. I mean, I think it's going to be thriving again. Santa Barbara's back. Yeah, they need to do like an AVP. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great to go back up there. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love that town. Yeah. And there's so much history and. Actually, the courts kind of got washed away with one of the, all the rain you guys had here. Yeah. So I think they're kind of rebuilding those, but um, there's still so many places they could do it. Yeah. Yeah. East cool. Beach and, and Laguna are weird because they're so the tide in a mm-hmm. blink, the courts are gone. Yeah. And then you blink again and you have another 50 yards of beach yeah. being unused. It, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I know with East Beach, this was like really unheard of. Yeah. I think El Nino was the last time it this happened. And that this was when I was in college, this wasn't which was El a long Nino time ago. Yeah. Oh, is that what they called it? Yeah, it's the first we've had oh. in a while. I think this was the wettest winter they've had since they started recording yeah. these things. Yeah. We needed it. <laughs> yeah, but it washed away. I know Kathy Gregory's court was washed no, away. Mm-hmm. didn't know that. I think they put it back. So there's a lot of like history that they had to return to its proper place. Yeah. When you so you started coaching at Florida State in 2016. Yep. And you've been you've built obviously a very formidable program. Thank you. Um, and you said you were drinking from a fire hose. I'm curious. We've talked about like a lot of the stuff that you've pulled, like the training stuff, the technology that Marcus Elliott uses and the whoops. But like what other foundational pieces would you say do you have at, at Florida State? Um, well, so it's my first head coaching job. And after they hired me, I was so excited. But then I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Yeah. Because I was actually uh, coaching here like a club. So I had – coached a lot of people at the same time. But then I was also coaching. I coached this team from Norway. So I was coaching some professionals. And then I just knew how I like. I worked with Scott Davenport when mm-hmm. I was playing. And so I just knew how I like to be coached. And I was like, well, why don't I – I don't really know how this works. So why don't we just do what – you know, little pieces from everywhere. Um, so we try to, like, kind of coach people as an individual and just look at their game. And we don't have, like, one set system. And I think that's uh, – just how Nick and I have played. Like we've always kind of adapted and changed our game and tried different things. Um, and then the strength and conditioning is a piece that we're really big on. But now, like my first couple of years, uh, the athletes like really didn't like it. <laughs> and they were kind of, kind of just like sore and tired all the time. And like, you know, why do we have to do this? Mm-hmm. And, um, but then they could see themselves get stronger. Like Jace was one that I couldn't believe like her transformation in the one year that I had her there. Yeah. Um, cause she had been injured was what I heard. Oh, this is your best player. She's injured all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And she, she never had any of those issues once we added that. And, um, another thing that just, I grew up with like my family is I was like, okay, this is going to be a team that I, you know, we want to be close knit and like a family. Um, cause you know, I was moving across country to come. I didn't know one person. Right. And my family just like bonded by like hard things. And my dad would make us like race around the block or do you like sand dunes? Yeah. And, um, and so I kind of, we do like this conditioning test that I think is like a pillar of our program that is like really hard and they don't look forward to it, but when they accomplish it, they feel like they've done something that's like they didn't think they could do. So we add a little bit of that and I think it brings mental toughness. So I don't know what people think of our program when they look at it. You know, I just know from the inside out, like, we just want to be, I guess, a family that works hard. Yeah. And so it's not for everybody, um, but I think it's been successful and um, gives these 
the young women that I coach just a lot of confidence going in and trying to play professional or whatever they, they're going to do. Like they do a lot of hard things at Florida State, and um, but they have a lot of support and a lot of people that care about them. And so I think that's kind of something that we tried to bring to the program. Not really a lot, I guess, about volleyball, but... But yeah, with Marcus, all the technology and all that stuff was mm. huge. Um, so just trying to be a little different and unique with what we bring to the table. Yeah. What's like? Uh, what's the recruiting pitch coming to Florida State? Um, I mean, I think it's just that. Like we, this is like our family. We have three boys, so it's yeah. like all these young women are uh, like mentors to our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to joke that like one day one of my sons is going to try to date one of my players. <laughs> and I just don't know how I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Like, and Nick and I, like, sometimes I'm like, are they going to like hide it from us? Are they going to, you know, but that now that was like years ago. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope my boys are lucky enough to date somebody like the right. girls that we bring in. Cause they're just like awesome people and so talented mm-hmm. and like all, you know, really good students, really good athletes, and just like have their whole future ahead of them. So they're way, they have way more together than I ever had in college. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's the pitch is just get to know the players that we bring in and, and see how wonderful they are. And then the university, like there's so many things that it has to offer, so many things they give you, so many tools to mm-hmm. just point you in the right direction. So that's kind of what we try to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Football schools, they're different. Yeah, but this one too, like the South is a little different. Yeah. You know, I know you spent some time in the South, but the mm-hmm. people are a little different and they yes. truly care about you. They remember your name, you yeah. know. Um, like our AD knows every single player on our team's name and comes that. to practice. That's like, awesome. It's unheard of. Uh, and I think he knows every single student athlete at our school. So that's kind of cool to see that. I mean, you go to Trader Joe's and you're there talking to the cashier for 45 minutes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, I think, something that's a little special. Um, yeah. But I think people are just a little happier in the South. Yes, yeah, it's slower pace, yeah, it's a little slower happier. Pace, I think people coming out here, it's so fast-paced, and mm-hmm. everyone's, like, chasing something. Yeah. There's that, like, little stress and anxiety that, like, you got to go to the next level, next level, and you yeah. go back to Florida, and it's like, oh, hey, Shug. Yeah. How's your day? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love yeah. Waffle House. Yeah, but then it's, like, <laughs> cool because, so Florida State, for instance, has like these unbelievable athletes that are mm-hmm. all trying to be professional. So you have that like slow paced, small town feel, no traffic. And then you get into this university and you're in the weight room and you're like, oh my gosh, it's go time. Like yeah. that guy is going to be in the NFL. This guy is going to play in the <clears throat> NBA. This woman just was in the Olympics. You know, yeah. it's just crazy. It motivates me to, to be better. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Who are your coaching? Do you have coaching mentors or people that you look up to? I do. Um, well, Kathy Gregory and I still talk okay. all the time. I actually owe her a call. Um, I'm so sorry, Kathy. But <laughs> this is, she might laugh at this. I coached with her at Santa Barbara. So okay. I learned a lot from her. Um, I learned she's like an unbelievable motivator. Her, the reason I went to Santa Barbara was, you know, everybody thinks she's a tough um, coach. And I think a lot of people quit her program and just like, couldn't handle it. But I was on my recruiting trip and it was Santa Barbara versus UCLA. And her pregame speech was like, gave me, gave me chills. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to play for this woman. Like she's fired up and wants the best for her team and the players. So she's been a huge mentor of mine, just having that personal connection. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, this guy coached me in club, his name's Brian Heffernan. He was coached at Penn State for a little bit. He's out of coaching now, but he was like transformational with, in terms of teaching technique. And then Scott Davenport has been amazing. I'm sure there's a lot I'm forgetting because there's been so many people that have helped like 
like serve me balls and I didn't have right. to pay them anything and um, come coach us at tournaments. And um, so that's like kind of cool how this beach volleyball community is and people just want to see you successful. So mm-hmm. there's been so many people I'm going to forget, but those three are probably my top. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you've kind of found your own coaching voice, so to speak. Cause a yeah. lot of times, like when I started writing, I would find a handful of writers that I would just try to copy their styles. Mm-hmm. Then eventually you just sort of it warps into your own. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to kind of figure out like who you were, like sort of your coaching voice, I guess? Um, oh gosh, probably, probably like till maybe like four years ago. I like, but I had worked, I had a lot of opportunity to coach. So I had always coached. My dad was a coach. Um, like, so he did coaching on the side with baseball. So I was always kind of around coaches. Um, but I had learned, like I coached club for extra money in college and then I had a club here and then I actually moved to Port St. Lucie, Florida with Albies and NVL thing. And I did like coach at the club med, which is like eight hours a day coaching from beginners that have never played volleyball that are like hotel guests to like your club. Yeah. And it was like crazy. I learned so much there. Um, and then at Florida State, it just kind of evolved into, you know, I just, matured. I think I was 34 maybe when I got the job. Okay. So it's like, I was really young, I felt like, and it was my first head coaching yeah, job. 34 is young for a head coach. I thought so. I, th- I was like, I can't believe they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bamboozled them, but, and then it was a lot of pressure. I was like, okay, now we got to get going. But, um, yeah, it was now, I think there's some, actually one of my players just got the head coaching job at UOP. She's in her 20s. Which is University of Pacific. Pacific? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. I got that job. Sydney Wetterstrom. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that name. She played at Michigan sure. indoor, and okay. then she played uh, one season for us the year after COVID. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And now she says so that's Your really cool. Your coaching tree is just spreading. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I that is actually a goal of mine is to get uh, more of my players into coaching when okay. they're done. Yeah. So to kind of... you recommend... Yeah, I think college coaching is, like, an unbelievable sport to get into, and it's, like, the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Like, there's challenging times, but just to see, like, people, you know, have a goal and then progress towards it is something that's, like, awesome. So. Yeah. And you guys, uh, well, I don't know if Florida State is, but there's an extra paid assistant now. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you, you don't have to track along a volunteer. Did Florida State add the position? We added it. We'll probably hire within the next couple of weeks. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. It's, it's cool to see that that's now available in College Beach. Yeah. So I think it's necessary because there's so many schools and good players now. So many. We and need more schools to add. Yeah. Because the rosters are getting really big. They're huge. And that's hard. How many do you guys carry? So we had 23 last year. We're going to have 22, That's but we're not huge. the most. It's huge because 10 play yeah. or 12 with the exhibition, but it's hard because there's so many good players mm-hmm. and there's not enough schools. Yeah. And then you have two paid coaches to coach all those. Yeah. That's you know, a lot. And so lot. much to ask for a volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> so many hours. Yeah. And they, and then they can't get paid. So they have to have another job on top of it. Right. So it's, um, it's crazy. I'm so glad it's happening. And a lot of schools are adding it. Yeah. Um, but I think more people are going to make more money coaching than they will professionally. 100%. Yeah. So. And I don't even think it's close. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so. Delaney was a really good player. Yeah, she and was. She I coached up, against her. Yeah. She ended up being ranked like top 20 most years on the AVP. And to compare like her finances 
yeah. coaching at Pepperdine yeah. versus playing. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, you it get was health insurance. a fraction. Health yeah. insurance, benefits. Yeah. And now that we have, because now that she's not working and I'm, I'm just a freelancer, mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe we should get a job with health insurance again. Oh, I know. It's insane. <laughs> it's so expensive. Yeah. She should coach again once the baby gets a little older. I think that she really enjoys coaching. Mm-hmm. She loves working with kids, but she, she doesn't like making practice plans. Oh, really? Yeah. I love that part. Because a lot of people, and me too, mm-hmm. and um, I, th- I just think it's so fun to be creative yeah. and like find new ways to keep people from not being bored yeah i think athletes just get bored kind of easily yeah i think it's super fun to just come up with creative drills but she's like just tell me what to do and i can be a great shoulder and give feedback oh okay and so that's delaney style yeah <laughs> well if she's a head coach she can just hire assistants that like they to do those do things yeah. yeah yeah but yeah she was a good player at pepperdine i remember oh, so stressful playing against her <laughs> we had the longest matches and uh they came out to uh florida state and played us i remember that was a long one but um yeah, and then when she got into coaching, I was curious if she was going to go back after the baby because it is hard when you have kids. It's more yeah. of a challenge, yeah. I don't know if she'll go back. I, I think that she might play more for fun than anything mm-hmm. and for exercise. Yeah. But she just loves being mom. Nice. Like I don't think she would want to take the time to train to play at the level Yeah. and put in the hour, especially since you have these waves of college kids coming out Yeah. that are so good. They're so good. And you need to train so hard yeah. just to keep up with them. Yeah. Well, being a mom is super hard. Yeah. I think people always like say how hard it is for me to work and have kids. And I actually think it's harder to do the, just be at home with your kids all the time because there's so many distractions now. Mm -hmm. There's so many things you have to like be wary of. And I get a little break when I go to work. Yeah. And you have three (laughs) energetic boys. Oh, my little one. (laughs) He was raised by wolves, but yeah, (laughs) they are, they are very high energy. And, uh, but actually my oldest just got, while we're here, has gotten into beach volleyball. He's never wanted to play. Yeah. Never wanted us to coach him. And then he's doing Patty Dodd's MB Sand. Okay. And loving it. Like wants to go every day. Um, awesome. Yeah. He and wants to play in turn. Yeah. It's like in the evening. So he'll play, jump in the ocean. And then he wants to play in a tournament next summer, which would be amazing. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So is he going to come back and play at Florida State? Well, with you guys, he's young now, but... Well, he, in Florida, they have this thing called Bright Futures. So if you okay. get a certain GPA and test scores, you get free tuition at any college in the state of Florida. No kidding. Yeah. So he's, if we're in Florida, he's going to some school in Florida. Wow. What GPA is that? <laughs> it's That's like, awesome. So they changed it. I think it's like a 3.8 and you have to get like a 13.80 on the SAT okay. and do community service. It's right. called Bright Futures. So the lottery pays for it. Florida lottery. Nick got it. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's been for a long time. Here I thought lottery was just a scam. No, they do a lot of That's stuff for education scam. in the state of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, so to have your tuition paid for it, I think it's any school in the state. Wow. Yeah. Looks like your boy's going in-state. I know. If we're in Florida still, <laughs> he's going to someplace in Florida. So it may yeah. not be Florida State. But Although I'm sure you'd probably get a discount if it was Florida State. No, they don't coaching. give discount really? for, yeah. But with that, I mean... So they, he's actually really smart. So I'm just trying to tell him, you know, because men, unless you play football or basketball, it's, I don't think any other sport has full scholarships for okay. school, right? That's another thing I meant to, I wanted to ask, because I know that Dane's pushing for, he wants headcount yeah. versus equivalency. Yeah. And the equivalency is only like kind of a D2 thing. I feel like beach is one of the only equivalency sports. Beach, D1. soccer, softball. I didn't know soccer was like that. Track. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure soccer. 
Um, at least our, I think our soccer team is equivalency. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong, but softball for sure. Okay. Yeah. Where do you yeah. stand on the equivalency versus headcount? Baseball. Sorry. Baseball uh, is also equivalency. Baseball is equivalency. Yeah. So yeah. It's more, more our equivalency than not. Yeah. Um, I think not. it's just tough because so with this NIL thing. Yeah. Which is huge. I mean, Florida State's doing an amazing job with it, but like our kids, we're just trying to get them to pay for their school. Yeah. Whereas some of the, it's just the parity between. Um, some of these high earning sports is like insane yeah. because at Florida State you can be on full scholarship, then you get additional miscellaneous expenses, which is like say it's six thousand dollars a year. I think that's what it is at Florida State, and then you get this thing called spear money, which is extra academic money, okay, which could be up to six thousand dollars a year if you're on full scholarship. Wow. It is around there, yeah. So that's like extra money that right. you're not. It's not tuition fees, books, housing, right? And then nil. And some yeah. of these kids are on amazing deals, whereas my kids that are on equivalency and some of the other ones are just like trying to get their housing paid for. Right. You know, so it's it's a lot of uh, discrepancy, especially between men and women's sports. So I think that's really challenging. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. They need to make a limit, I think. NIL is wild. Yeah, because I, I think they should be able to make money. Like yeah. it's awesome to see our kids go play in tournaments and be able to keep the money, mm-hmm. run clinics on their own. Um, but when you s- compare the men and women's sports, it's just hard to, you know. Yeah, you see that. some of the money that these football players are bringing in, especially yeah. like I know Miami is kind of leading the charge in terms of NIL. Yeah, money. I think you got a quarterback making three million a year in college. Yeah, but it's interesting to me because I just want to see how that correlates with win percentage. Right. Because I think Texas A and M was really big with massive NIL, and then yeah. they had a underperforming year, so. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. For only having, you did seven years so far at Florida State? I'm, I'm starting my ninth. Starting your ninth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But even in nine Seasons. years, you've, seen, you've been through a lot of changes. I mean, you had yeah. to deal with the COVID mm-hmm. stuff down yeah. there, and then now you've got to deal with like all this NIL. Yeah. you got to be thinking on your feet. <laughs> you, it's, it's like I love creativity and not doing the same thing every day. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of that. Not the same thing every day. But... It is a landscape that's challenging. I mean, NIL, like Florida State has a collective and all our players just, that's the stuff that, that on their own, I just wouldn't ever want it to be something that like, I don't know, somebody pulls you away because they give you more NIL money, yeah. but um, it's just all about helping them pay for school because they deserve it. They work so hard. Yeah, They're all like good students. They have no time for extra work. And the only thing they know how to do is play volleyball. Yeah. So I think it's kind of cool that they have that opportunity now. But yeah. yeah, I feel bad for the kids that like two years ago just missed out. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be so tough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they, they worked so hard too and they didn't get anything. Yeah. But um, I think it'll even itself out eventually because I just don't know how these schools can sustain. Because just, I just look at our budget and it's like travel's got, costs have gone up. Mm-hmm. Then there's NIL, you know, then there's, extra things you can pay for and um yeah, but the scholarships and stuff those numbers aren't moving right. changing it's just like everything's more expensive so yeah. it's gonna get interesting yeah. soon a salary cap would be interesting on with an nil oh i never thought of that because i mean it's turning into a professional sports yeah, landscape that would be interesting and if you capped it like the nfl i don't know what it is anymore but it was like 75 million if you were to cap like either a school or a certain team or a player at a certain amount. Yeah. Then you could just trickle the leftovers across the board. I don't know. Yeah. Even playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can't have like someone paying a hundred million a year to its athletes 
versus two. Yeah, or they'd be in different leagues or something. Yeah. Like a minor league and a major league. Yeah. That would be... See, people need to, that are outside of it, need to come up with suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch from the sidelines just how much college is changing. Just like with the conference realignment. Yeah. Florida State stayed away from that, right? You're still ACC? We're still ACC. Yeah. We're trying to change the um, payout, I think, for the schools in our uh, conference, you know, just because like, you know, certain teams are on TV more and get Mm -hmm. more viewers. So I think that's what they're working on. But honestly, I stay far, far away from those conversations. Yeah. Was, uh, (laughs) are the beach conferences changing at all? Yeah. TCU just left our conference. Where'd they go? They went to the one with FIU, FAU, UAB. Is it Conference is it USA? Sun, oh, is no. It Sun Belt. Is it Conference USA? No. Let's, I, see, I can't. I can't remember. I can't keep track of any of this. Yeah. Thing. Maybe it's the. Oh, man. I should know this. I just like show up and play. Um, but we only have, we have to get more teams in our conference now. So, okay. like three years ago, we had 14 teams in our conference. Yeah. And then this last year, we had six. So, um, it's so nuts yeah it is nuts and everybody's kind of i think it's stemming from football and where the schools are going with conferences but texas is going to be in our conference so that'll be huge um to get another top school that they're going to the sec yeah uh but they won't come till next year so it'll be like you said everybody's going to make each other better so that's going to be a great program you know they have a great head coach and great assistant coach so they're going to make us be better stein and angie Mm -hmm. that's fun yeah, it is fun. Stein can build a program. Yeah, so, I mean, he's proven Texas that. Texas resources, too. Yeah, that's a great school, great resources. He's proven that he can build a program. Angie Angie and I, were we used to be partners. Really? For three years, yeah. And so I love her, and I think she's wonderful. And she did an amazing job. I mean, she's coached Netherlands, yeah. you know, April and Alex, did an amazing job at LMU. Yeah. So she's going to do well. And she's just so smiley. She's just a happy yeah. person. Every time yeah. I see her on the strand, I'm like, Angie, my day is better having run into you. Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like that when we played too. She's intense though and very competitive. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny how small this world is. Mm-hmm. It's like she's coaching Texas now in our conference. We used to play together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. Well, actually, she. We played one season, and at the end of the season, we had we got like a seventeenth, which was really bad for us. Mm. Um, but it was like one turn, one or two tournaments we played together, and then I was like, all right, well, you know, it was the last one of the year. It was like Boulder, Colorado, terrible tournament. After the tournament, she's like, well, I want to play with you, but then we didn't do really well. So if we can both find somebody better, then we'll just play with those people. Mm-hmm. But if not, we'll play together. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, how could you say that? <laughs> you want to play with somebody else. And then sure enough, the next year, we both didn't find anyone better. And yeah. then actually we had a great year, and that was our first final together. Like we made awesome. like almost every semifinal. So it was fun. It was really fun. It worked out. (laughs) But I was like, man, she doesn't like playing with me, you know, because I was really young when we first started playing together and she was really experienced and it was kind of like a big opportunity and I basically didn't, wasn't up to par in the one tournament. So uh, it was nice to have that year together and then, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss playing at all or does coaching kind of satisfy the competitive itch? No, I totally miss playing. I was one of those that was like, I'm going to play till I'm 80 and they're going to be like, get this girl off the tour. Uh, but I have a knee problem and, uh, so that's like my biggest thing. I would just play for fun, but it kind of hampers that a little bit too. And then having the kids and it was tough, you know, Nick and I were both playing and then we had children. So like 
I wanted to take the kids. And he's mm-hmm. like, we can't take the kids. Like, this is our job. Yeah. And so I totally understand that. And that was the part that was hard. And then I was kind of probably similar to Delaney, just at the point where it was like, I didn't want to travel internationally anymore yeah. uh, and miss out on stuff with the kids. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it fun having Nick home just full time? It is. It is. I bet he's happy because I, I feel like by the end of it, he's like, I don't want to go back on a flight to Europe. He hates flying. Yeah. But, well, I actually don't think he minds. Like, he, the anxiety of playing is hard. And, like, when you're younger, you love all that and it's fun. And, and then when you get a little bit older, it's just like you get, like, kind of burnt out from it. But now we have that kind of with coaching. Yeah. But, yeah, he... Um, so when we started like dating and playing, we did everything together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like we had kids and I got this job and we didn't see each other for eight months out of the year. So now That's we so travel hard. together. It's, yeah. it was so hard. Um, like after we had our first son, he left a day later and was gone for like 10 days. And then, yeah. so it's just like all this stuff. And, uh, but now we get to do more stuff with his family and yeah. like, it's like having your best friend around all the time. So it's really fun. How was it coaching together? It's good. The first, I would say, was a little rocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We figured each other out. Well, yeah. in his, in our defense, Nick finished his last AVP last August. And like a week mm-hmm. later, I was like, you need to be at work every single day. <laughs> so after playing for 22 years, like he didn't get a chance to decompress just or just unwind yeah. or do anything fun. You know, it was just like travel, 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 compete. And I think the whole thing with Tokyo was just so hard on all those athletes that it was just like we couldn't take a deep breath. Um, And then so it took a little bit for him to be like, okay, we like he just basically didn't get a break from anything. But now, yeah, we found our stride um, and it's fun. It's really fun to work together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, I'm happy for you guys. Thank you. you. Program, two jobs you love. Nick seems happy coaching, too. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I thought that he would be coaching and be like, I got to play. I yeah. can't, can't yeah. do it. But he seems, seems at peace. I think he likes to hop in there. So if you ever have an odd, yeah. he'll hop in he there. He was so funny today when I think Charlie Saragusa kind of jammed one of his fingers on the block. Nick's oh. like, need up? Need up? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think it'll be fine. Nick's like, no, 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 no don't risk it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he hop in? He, I think he hopped in for like one play, nice. but he helped Charlie warm up because Leela Tucker was like 20 minutes late. Oh. And so he did all the warm up drills with Charlie. Oh, nice. That's a good group. He still got it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. I, I want him to play more, but um, yeah, it's just hard. I might have to ask him to play Manhattan since he's out here. Uh, a couple of people have asked him. I, I don't bet. know. How does that work with points? Does he still have points? I think he is starting to drop them. Mm. I think he's kind of dropping pretty fast now. Yeah. But he had a lot coming into the year. Yeah, like, he did. He'd be a good pickup for someone to just get like I know. a random appearance. I know. I was surprised nobody asked him earlier. Because he never did like the retirement thing, did he? They did something in Atlanta, but oh, Atlanta, Atlanta was so weird because they went to one game to 28. Yeah. And I've, I've never seen that ever. Well, did you... And I feel like it Did you play wasn't right. in the AVP in New Orleans? You might have been retired in 2016. Maybe um, you were banned. I was banned until 2016. Yeah. Um, they had the qualifier matches were games to 11, 11, and 7. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. That was awful. <laughs> was it the storm, right? Yeah. And Coconut Beach at the time, yeah. their drainage was awful. I don't yeah. even with good drainage. There was so much rain. Yeah. I mean, there was like two feet of standing water, and so they had to keep pushing it and pushing it until it drained. I remember that. And they pushed it for so long that they just had to shorten the matches somehow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So the qualifier, the qualifiers, they've done some weird stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just like, if you can make it through the qualifier, then it's like the sun's shining, there's no wind, there's no rain, yeah. there's no delays, but this was just happened to be. So I, I always think that that's not really his true ending to his career is playing a game to 28. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. You need to give him a proper retirement. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys are out of here till Manhattan-ish? Uh, August 4th, but I think Nick, he might stay a little longer. Okay. He has some recruiting staff to do. I'm putting him to work. Awesome. Yeah. Put him yeah. to work, boss. Thank you. I will. <laughs> well, it's great having you in town. Great having you here in person in the podcast. Thanks we'll try not me. to make it like a five-year gap next time. I'm just going to try on. not to come in sweating again. <laughs> <laughs> in this studio in the summer, it's impossible. Yeah. It was funny so. when we had Deanna Craft on, I think, last year. I gave her the warning too late. And she's like, so I'm just wearing a gray t-shirt. Oh, awesome. And just sweating straight through. <laughs> oh, no. At least yeah. I didn't wear gray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But great to see you. Thank Always you. fun chatting with you, Brooke. Thank you. Have a great rest of your trip. Thank you. Good luck in the tournaments. Thank you. This is awkward. What do we do here? <laughs>